day I stay the same. Looking like I'm going to a Raider game. No, I'm not the only one. We've been doing it like this since we was hella young. I don't need a Raider patch. You know where I'm from because I stay in black. Yeah, Raiders and Eagles coming up Sunday. We're going to visit with Lincoln Kennedy here in a few moments for his weekly uh, discussion with Lincoln Kennedy Wednesdays. We look forward to that. He'll join us in just a few minutes. Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. But it is the start of the NBA season. It is also baseball playoffs going on right now. And, uh, yeah, it's time for this. The Astros are dialed in. It's like they know what's coming. They've just added two more runs. A 6-0 Houston Astro lead now over the Boston Red Sox. That game goes to the sixth inning. Chris, what did you just say to me in the break? What is the description of this game? It is OVA. Did you spell it? O-V-A, OVA. Can you use it in a sentence? This game is OVA. Okay. <laughs> 6 nothing. Houston leads. That is bottom of the sixth at Fenway Park. Again, that series tied at two. Um, also, Chris, if you missed it at the beginning of the show, uh, really wanted to get us all ready for this game tonight because it is the Kings. It is the Blazers. It's game one. There's a long season, but this is, this is the time to get you fired up and amped up for this. Also, our friend Doug Christie's first regular season yes. game as a coach. I uh, sent him a kind of a fired-up text this morning, get him ready to go. I don't know if he needed that. Doug's always kind of ready to go. I sent him the audio that I just made. You did? I did. Okay. He enjoyed it. Well, I think uh, others did as well. Let's hear it again. Let's get you ready for opening night between the Kings and the Blazers. It's finally here. Opening night for the Sacramento Kings 2021-22 season. Ah, I'm so happy. I can't even... Feel my arms. They started with a summer league championship. Well, right now it's Toko and, and Echo and Rig, L Street, J Street, all parts in between Uptown, Downtown, Sacramento. Something to celebrate for the franchise and their loyal followers. Next, the Kings went undefeated in preseason. Kings rebound. Here comes Fox again. By one defender. Blows to the rim and scores again. He passed to heel to Davion Mitchell. Two seconds to go. Back on the wing. Halliburton to beat the buzzer. He's got the triple from the deep right angle. Fox has a long lead pass. Goes up the floor to Mitchell. Up and down. Reverse. He's got the basket and that may be the play of the night thus far by the Kings. Great look up the floor by De'Aaron Fox. But now... The games matter. We're not talking about uh, kickball here, where there's absolutely nothing at stake. We're talking about the National Basketball Association. It's a brand new season where everyone has the same record, except for the Lakers who are 0-1. <laughs> Tonight, the Kings take on the Trailblazers, but something tells us that Damian Lillard might have... An off night. Book night against off night. Book night. Mono Imano. Advantage off night. So get ready, Sacramento. First it's the Trailblazers. Next it's NBA World Champion Sacramento Kings. You feel me? Yeah. There you go. Hopefully that gets you ready. For tonight, as is the Kings and the Blazers coming up right here on Sports 1140 
KHTK. A couple more things, NBA, before we visit with Lincoln Kennedy on his weekly uh, conversation. Yesterday, the NBA unveiled uh, unveiled the first 25, day one, of their uh, 75 greatest players of all time. Here's yesterday's list. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Giannis, so he's obviously new to the list, Nate Archibald, Charles Barkley, Bob Cousy, Dave Cowens, KD, Kevin Durant, Julius Irving, George Gervin, Hal Greer, James Harden, Elvin Hayes, Jerry Lucas, Moses Malone, Kevin McHale, George Mikan, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, Hakeem Olajuwon, Bob Pettit, Willis Reed, Oscar Robertson, Robertson, David Robinson, Bill Russell, and John Stockton. And one of the things, uh, Chris, I didn't see the post or when this was on TNT when uh, they were talking about Shaq versus Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, again, these comparing generations and eras is so difficult to do. I am of the camp that athletes have gotten bigger, better, stronger. I think they're better today than they were then. But I think Will Chamberlain is so good he would have figured it out now and been great. Uh, Shaq would have been absolutely dominant back then. So to say who's – it's just – it's impossible to prove. I don't think Will Chamberlain uh, plays that much. Right now? now, Yeah. Shaq, I believe, obviously he's not like a big man like the rest of the big men in the league. But you figure something out for Shaq. Yeah. What do you fi- figure out for Wilt? A lot of his time, there wasn't a three-second rule. Yeah, that, and he was just literally so much bigger than everybody. But I don't have a problem with him being on the right 75. Right. The one I do have a problem with is George Mikan. Because NBA now, compared to like when it first started, is a completely different game. Yeah, and that's that's a difficult one because in – I'm not even trying to be fair to anybody, but for George Mike and he didn't play now. Like he was the best then, but the game is different. Yeah. It's not even really the same game. But uh, that was the 25 announced yesterday. The 25 today, Paul Arizon, Rick Barry, Larry Bird, there's Wilt Chamberlain, Clyde Drexler, Tim Duncan, Patrick Ewing, Walt Frazier, Kevin Garnett, John Havlicek, Allen Iverson, Magic Johnson. Sam Jones. Oh, Michael Jordan made it. Whoa. Okay. We're good there. Carl uh, Malone, Robert Parrish, Chris Paul, Scotty Pippen, Bill Sharman, Isaiah Thomas. Chorman. Chorman. Not Isaiah Thomas. Zeke from Detroit. Nate Thurman, Wes Unseld, Bill Walton, Jerry West, and James Worthy. 25 more will be announced tomorrow. Do you think James was worthy of that accomplishment? I think he's a fringe guy, to be honest. And I was a big James Worthy fan growing up. But great players, you know, there'll be debate. We had said this earlier in the summer when there was already the 50. We knew they were going to name the 75. Do you just add, was there any chance they took anybody off the previous 50? I I, I just don't think so. And then you add uh, the 25 new names, and I'm glad there's some current players. I think you have to. What? You have to take some off the first yeah, list? Yeah, because are you saying in the last 25 years that there aren't 25 players that deserve to be on there? I don't know the totality of this list. I'm trying to think that what's new. Let me look at this. Well, obviously, Kevin Durant is new. Uh, James Harden is new. Steve Nash, I believe, is new. Dirk Nowitzki is new. Um, Let's see. Duncan, I don't think, was on the 50. No. Um. Iverson, right, I think is new. Chris Paul. Yeah, I don't know. But then it's like, it, what? how much time 
do you like James Harden? I don't have a problem with him being there, but would someone like who's on the fringe now that you think is going to be an all time great is like Dame is an all time great is a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he makes the seventy five. Oof. Well, if he don't take anybody out, right? But I mean, has he pl- like what's the di- not what's the difference? Harden has an MVP. Like if, I mean, who would you want on your team, George Mikan or Damian Lillard? Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, clearly. But in any era. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Different time, but a list to be debated, which is what the point is, I guess, of of all these things. So we'll see. We'll see what the uh, final 25 will unveil, and I'm sure it's all kings tomorrow. 25 kings. <laughs> all on that list. There'll be some kings on there. Will there? Yeah. Like? Oscar Robinson. Well, he's already made it. Okay. Well, will done. there be Boom. anybody want anybody that played in Sacramento? Yes. Really? Yeah. One hundred percent. Vince Carter. So Vince Carter has a better chance than Webb, Vlade, or Mitch. Because yes. that's the list. Uh, oh, I, it's still a popularity concert. Concert. Contest. Yeah, but I mean, Webb just goes in the Hall of Fame. Vlade's already there. Vince will be. We'll see. How many of those guys uh, dunked over a seven-foot Frenchman? Just Vince that I know of. (laughs) He should be in the top 75 just for that. Just for that. Just for that highlight alone. All right. Uh, Each and every Wednesday, we get an opportunity to check in with our guy, Lincoln Kennedy. Good to catch up with him. Um, What a week, right, for the Raiders. If you think about what they've had to go through uh, from a week ago Sunday with the John Gruden, uh, the, the terrible game played, John Gruden, Emails coming out, being released. Then the next day, him being fired, just turmoil. I know last week, Lincoln, when we talked to you, uh, you were wearing it. It was tough for you to go through this. So I guess we start there, Lincoln. How do you feel now after the whirlwind of this uh, last week for you and for the Raiders? You know what? Still trying to digest everything that went on with Gruden, surrounding Gruden. But, uh, you know, I think a, a win helps, helps a lot of stuff especially for the team. So, you know, this point for, moving forward, I'm glad that the Raiders were able to get a win. Yeah, wins help. You're exactly right. But also how you play. Like, they deserve to win. We talked a week ago how poorly they played. Nothing was good about the Bears game. And almost everything was good about the Bronco game. We said this could bring them together. Or they could fall apart. It's only one game. But, man, they sure came together, and I thought played one of their better games of the year. You know what? It's, it, it's honest. It honestly shows what this team is capable of. I think this is a good football team. I'm not saying this is a championship caliber team, but I think it's a good football team. And they were able to put together a solid performance on all three phases of the game. And, and you know, I'm, I'm proud of them because because they did try to, you know, downplay some of the, the outside distractions, if you will. When it comes to sports and when it comes to football, they were able to focus and get everything done. So I'm proud they were able to do that. A lot of the same voices were still involved, but it's different when you maybe get a little more responsibility. Let's start with the coordinators first with Gus Bradley and Greg Olson. Uh, Looks like both guys called good games, obviously, getting plus four in the turnovers for the Raiders' defense, and it just looked like a clean, crisp offensive game plan. Evaluate how both coordinators did. Well, you know what? Going into the game, Rich Versace, the interim head coach, said it best. He's like, you know what? Gus Bradley's going to run his 25 guys. You know, and and Greg Olson's going to run his 25 guys, and that's what they did. You know, when it talks talk about a total team concept and a total team effort, there are all three all three phases that come into mind when you talk about a football game. But for the most part, 
uh, especially in this this past week. You know, offense did what it had to do, defense had did what it had to do, and even special teams contributed. So I thought it was a solid performance. How about Rich Passaccia? So happy for him, uh, kind of a lifer. I, l- I liked his quote after the game. Yeah, getting on the grass was what I needed. That's what everybody put on the headset was a little bit different. But how do you, <laughs> how do you think he did in uh, his first opportunity? Not bad. I think he's been waiting for this interim, you know, this time for some time. He's been around football for, you know, a couple of de- decades for what it's worth. And he took the he took the most out of this at, at, at you know this this sort of opportunity. Um, when you look at him and when you look at what he did as a team, what, what they did as a team, I think it was pretty good. So now you look at the totality, Lincoln, here. I mean, obviously their, their, their worlds were rocked a week ago. Uh, they galvanized and played well. But now reality said, I mean, Gruden will not be there. That's not their coach. This is the team they have. And I think they do have a good team, like you alluded to. They've played six games, given us those this historic first three wins so you're leaning more along the lines of this is a team that should be able to compete towards a playoff spot. Well, I mean, I've, I've gone into this entire season before the group and everything else, you know, fell, thinking that this was a team that was a playoff caliber team, and I still hold true to that. I think they are a playoff caliber team. By saying they're so much as a championship team, but once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. So I do think they're a playoff playoff caliber. All right, now let's look ahead, Philadelphia. Uh, the next matchup, um, you know, much like, you know, you look at some of the other teams they've handled on their schedule and they've done a good job. Philly still kind of trying to find themselves going through a little bit here, but they'll compete. What, what do you think about the matchup with uh, the Eagles on Sunday? I'm hoping that the Raiders can put together a strong performance on all sides of the ball, both offense, defense, and special teams. Um, but Philadelphia is not going to be an easy win. There's no easy wins when you come to professional sports. So they got to go out there and show it, that they're worthy. Um, put put together a solid performance. I'm hoping that they can, and I, I really think they will uh, as they get you know, as they face the bye to try to restructure everything that's around them. I don't know if it's this simple because I know when you said it before earlier when we visited with you multiple times that you're so impressed with the way and the elevation of the game of Derek Carr. But if he plays well, it really feels like Lincoln. They've got as good of a chance to win as anybody if he's playing at his top level. Right. And, and when it comes down to it, you know, think, you think about it. It's a quarterback who needs protection, he needs structure, and he's, he needs and he needs fundamentals. I think he has all of that. We showed in, in various games throughout the season, especially last week at Never, that if you give him time, he can carve up defenses. That's the, that's going to be the key. Got to give him time. Got to give him protection, and that's where it comes to structure that's around him. And I think they can do that. How'd you think about Ruggs? I know Ruggs had that big play early, still a couple, a nearly a yeah. hundred yard day. The Raiders still think very highly of him. Is this the kind of game that can help propel him to have, you know, a season he's still hoping to have? Plenty of weapons that that's around the same. Ruggs is just one of them. I think that, you know, all facets being evaluated. When you talk about Waller, you talk about Renfro, you talk about Ruggs, uh, Edwards, I mean, Jacobs. I mean, they've got plenty of people they can rely on. They just have to find a way to get the ball to them. Last week in Denver, they found a way to you know uh, set up the de- set up the offense to help the really really help the defense when you talk about it. Um, but you know Ruggs came through big, and I think going forward, Ruggs has proven to be a valuable weapon that they can rely on. Yeah, talking with Lincoln Kennedy here, uh, it's the Eagles as we mentioned. Then a bye week that kind of fits in nicely. What was for you? What was the value of a bye week? Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny that you mention that because, you know, during the bye week, it was a different time, different era. And, and the reason why I chuckle, because now the Raiders are in Vegas, <laughs> my bye weeks always equate to Vegas. I, I couldn't wait to get out of a bye week so I could go to Vegas and, ha- and hang out and have a good time. And now that they're in Vegas, you know, it's it's you know it's kind of serendipitous if you look what I, you think I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so all in all, I, I think this is a, this is a time for a team to you know to get away from football, to reevaluate, to enjoy themselves. I think they'll do that. You know, this is a very young team. It's it's not the same, you know, inspiration or, or motivation when it comes to Vegas like I had when I was a player. But this is a, this is a team that will be find a way to get away from football and enjoy itself. How much time, Lincoln, did you need after a Sunday? Whether it was a more physical Sunday or not, all of them are physical. But you know, you're mentally you're preparing for the next team. You know what you want to do, game plan and scheme wise. When did your body feel right that you go, okay, I can play Sunday? Three to four days. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I, it, did it was it different though? Was there some Sundays you go, man, it was it was rough today. I mean, or is yeah, it every yeah, Sunday? Yeah, yeah, no, no, there, yeah, there were some Sundays that were that were rough on Monday, but three to four days is when you had a chance to, you know, get rid of get rid of the the the, the previous game and digest what you went through and your body sort of sort of reclaim your, your sort of routine three to four days is, is about the most was there times I, i've got to imagine this happened to you when you weren't look i know you guys all are getting hit but where you weren't physically had a broken bone or something where on a monday you go i don't know i don't know that i'm going to be ready and then it's tuesday okay a little better wednesday oh yeah i'll be good how many times did that kind of thought process go through your head Many times, many times. <laughs> it, it, it was part of the routine. It was part of the regiment where you had to find a way to bounce back after a week before or, or sort of reclaim from the week before. But, yeah, there were, there were many times, too many times to count. That's why it's so hard throughout the season to live such a regimented life to where you, um, after a game, whether it was Sunday, Monday, or whatever it was, after a game where you want to bounce back and go again. And and that's exactly why it was so hard to do what we did as long as we did. Yeah, and that's why I was thought Lincoln when the guys maybe would end a season and say they're going to retire. I said, well, yeah. I feel like they need to be away for two months. Just you know, get your body back right, your mind back right, and then if yeah. you go, no, I don't want to go through this again. All right, now is the time. But the ones that make the immediate reaction, I'm like, oh, I don't know, they may come back again. Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing about the regiment and and the routine. I remember after I retired. Sitting, sitting on my, you know, my, my, my sort of lazy boy, if you will, <laughs> and watching football and thinking about, you know, the way the guys are playing on TV, thinking about you could do it again. That's why most athletes get the itch after they they try to hang up their cleats, say, you know what, I think I'd go back and give it a try, and then you know we're deterred for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's very difficult. It's a, it's a very difficult lifestyle to not only to compete in, but when you're finished, to actually say and admit the truth that you are finished and done, you can't do it anymore. Yeah, that's why I still – I know plenty of players complain about these Thursday games that are coming up, including tomorrow. Um, it's <laughs> sure. entertain, entertainment for us, but we're not the ones playing. That's got to be a brutal game to get ready yeah. for on a short week. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, Thursday night games were no fun even when they started having them. And, and you know, you didn't look forward to them because uh, the only thing that you looked forward to was the after fact that you had at least 10 days – 10 plus days off yeah all right uh college game for you at all this weekend 
Yeah, you know what? I'm headed to Cal versus Colorado. I'm, oh. I'm going to be in Oakland and calling the the the, uh, the Cal game at Berkeley. So I'm looking forward to to seeing both of these teams get on on the field and get some action done. Yeah, Cal's had some tough losses certainly, and then yeah. uh, then right back to Vegas for for the Raiders and the Eagles. We'll have that game here on Sunday. Lincoln, thank you so much. Have a good week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. It's a pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, joining us uh, as he does each and every Wednesday, still to come later this hour, or to start the next hour, excuse me, uh, Chris Landry for his weekly visit, including some conversations that are lurking out there again about Deshaun Watson in the Miami Dolphins. So look forward to catching up with Chris, get the latest on uh, what we can expect with the Niners and the Colts this weekend, the Raiders, Eagles, and the other games. There's some games that have some lopsided point spreads this week. Uh, that's for sure around the NFL as we get ready for start week seven. Um, but a lot of our focus today, understandably, has been on the Sacramento Kings and their opener tonight in Portland against the Blazers. Um, you know, the Kings have kind of done it every which way here lately. What was it, a couple years ago they started 0-5? Uh, last year they won their first two games, got themselves below 500. At, you know, at one point I think they were maybe 5-10, and 10, and then worked themselves all the way back above 500. So, that's what I always talk about and preach about. It's enjoying the ride, the journey. There, it, It's going to go all over the place. It really will. Um, that's what happens in the season. I can remember you know, doing this so long. I, I talked about at the beginning of the show that this is the 37th year of Sacramento Kings basketball here in Sacramento. And for me, it's my 28th year when the Kings were winning all the time in that eight-year run. And there were nights, Chris, where people would call up when the Kings were really one of the best teams, if not the best team. And ultimately, we know they didn't win it. But the Kings would lose to someone like Charlotte, who was an expansion. You're like, oh, if you're going to lose to Charlotte, you can't win the NBA Finals. And it's like, the, not that those games are irrelevant, but every team will have multiple bad losses through the year. And if you're, you know, if you think about it, the Warriors team that won 73, you would say every loss is bad. Like, how do they even lose? It's just that's the nature of the sport. Also, it feels like more recently. Before, it almost felt like, oh, it's a given. These teams are going to be in the finals. Yes. Yeah, what was it, the four-year run of Warriors-Cavs? Yeah. I mean, I- I've seen a lot of projections and predictions. The Nets seem to be the most common, but I've seen Lakers. I've seen Nets. I mean, winners, but Bucks, a Sixers, Jazz, Nuggets. Like, there's a lot of different teams and being what's picked. what's crazy about that is nobody's picking the Suns, who right. came out of nowhere right. to have the second-best record in the Western Conference. And there were two wins away from a parade. Yeah. I mean, they were that close. The, the Bucks won the last four games. Suns were up 2-0. And it was like, well, I thought the Bucks would win the series. And then after two games, I went, oh, they may not. The Suns kind of have figured this out. Now, the well, games by were the way, close. they just, like, just destroyed the Nuggets. Yeah. That, Suns and four guy. And then I think it was, yes. And was it... Yeah, it was game two of the finals when Giannis went off and the Suns won. I went, oh, man. Like, if Giannis gets 40, he had like 44, 18, and 7, and they lost. I went, I, mm, I thought the Bucks would win, but maybe they can't if Giannis does it. And what ended up happening is Holiday and Middleton got much better as it went along while Giannis did that. And still the games were close. But you're right. Phoenix is a little bit of the, yeah, they were good last year, and we think they'll be good. But nobody see, and I think their rosters—they're much better. They have way more uh, depth and totality to that roster now. But people haven't been uh, a lot of people haven't been picking them. 
Some more games have uh, just begun as it's opening night for most every team besides the four that played last night. The Kings will be opening up in Portland, and it's also the NBA debut for Davion Mitchell. We'll talk about him, what we can expect from him, and how critical will he be in this team's development in the season ahead. All that and much more as we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. Thank you to Lincoln Kennedy for joining us. Chris Landry coming up in 30 minutes. And in 15 minutes, your chance to get to the Kings home opener. Trivia question number two for the day. Last one for the week. will be coming your way here at around 445. But tonight, it is the season opener for the Sacramento Kings. And to me, there's several things to look at for this game of intrigue. And a lot of it is going to be about the backcourt, about the guards, about Portland playing three guards, about the Kings playing three guards. And one of them for the Sacramento Kings is Davion Mitchell. At what point does he play? How much does he play? What will his role be? I'm really excited for him. I like his work ethic. I like his approach. Um, you got to figure here's a guy that has won. We've talked about how much he has won growing up and in college and the summer league in preseason. He's done a lot of winning. He has made people better. He has made teams better. He's made this team better. And that's for a guy that's going to be coming off the bench. That's encouraging. Very encouraging. So much so, if you go to khtk.com right now, you can participate in our daily over-under all you have to do is participate in the over or under question. It's right there on the front page on khdk.com, and you can weigh in on uh, today's question, which is points total for rookie Davion Mitchell in his debut. Ten and a half points, over or under. All you have to do is pick, and you have a chance to be entered for a chance to go to Twin Peaks on a $50 gift certificate. So, Chris, what would you say on the over under ten and a half points for Davion Mitchell? Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard it. I thought it was 10.5 points for Damian Lillard, which I was going to go under. because mm, Off night? Off night. No, we're but, looking offensively, which you were impressed of from Davion Mitchell. I think he's going over. Okay. Uh, for those, whether this matters or not, I'm looking at some other high-profile rookies that the Kings have currently still on their roster now that have you know, made their way through their career a little bit. We go last year, Tyrese Halliburton. His first game as a professional was that Denver game. Kings won in overtime. Tyrese came off the bench. Uh, he played 30 minutes in his debut off the bench. Three of seven, two of five beyond the arc, hit four free throws, scored 12 points, had two boards, four assists, one block, of course, zero turnovers. Very efficient game for Tyrese Halliburton. Marvin Bagley, a couple years ago, came off the bench, played just over 12 minutes, went three of six, had six points and five rebounds in his first game in the NBA. And then the year prior to that, De'Aaron Fox, in his first game in the pros, came off the bench. Played 23 minutes, went 7 of 15, did not hit a 3, 14 points, 4 boards, 5 assists, 3 turnovers. Fox and Bagley lost in their debuts. Tyrese Halliburton had a win last year in his. So, again, the over-under, 10.5 right now. We've got about uh, closer to 70% are going over for Tyrese, or excuse me, for Davion Mitchell uh, tonight. But I think the question regarding Davion is... How often will he be used? How will they, what will his impact be? And what we've seen from his teammates, we played that soundbite, I don't know, a couple weeks ago where De'Aaron Fox said he is already 
a top five on-ball defender in the league. Which is insane. It's crazy to say that. And generally, I mean, De'Aaron's not in the hype-up-a-guy camp just to say – I mean, De'Aaron believes that. He – He's not like a hyperbole guy. Not at all. At so all. De'Aaron thinks that. We can say, De'Aaron, you're wrong. But the question would be, for De'Aaron to think that, feels comfortable enough now, did De'Aaron sit down and list four guys? No. But I think it's one of those things like, okay, if he's wrong, is he seventh? Is he eighth? Like, he's in the conversation. De'Aaron feels already. And Chris, the way he's played, he's shown like he is. And here's what the exciting thing is, is because... Fox is a guy one-on-one, which nobody wants to face. No, he get, he beats the first guy almost all the time. So, it, like, the dumb, stupid thing that I get happy about hearing that is, like, okay, Fox has a top five defender, a guy who he thinks is a top five defender defending him. Every day. Every single day. Yeah. And, and Mitchell has got, like, a world-class one-on-one player. Yeah. To guard against every day. Yeah, it's 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 what is the saying? Iron sharpening iron. Like the you have the strengths there. Um, I even just love the comments yesterday from Davion as they were getting ready to last practice before they flew to Portland, saying stuff. Like, I mean, he's got all the respect for all the players. He's not out here thinking, "Well, I'm gonna, I am gonna lock up all these players." But he talked about the differences of playing someone like Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard that he's you know that he's gonna be looking at in the first couple of games. Almost even conversely versus LeBron, who he guarded in a preseason game. He's given up so much size there, but he felt his quickness could help him. But he he talked about almost the inner workings of his defensive mindset that he has to study so much film, and it's it's almost anticipation if he can beat that quick guard to the spot. That's his big thing because he's never like pushing someone off to Mm-mm. get off their spot. He's never like just getting in someone's face and just trying to stop them. He sees where they're going, and he beats them to their spot. Yeah. And where it just becomes frustrating. Yeah, and you see, and I don't want to confuse this, like there's guys that look like they're defending hard. Like it's almost like fault. Like they're, they're, they're defending hard, but there's so much arm movement, leg movement. It's all bits of hustle. He just, he almost gets in like a trance where he's studying you. And I, I know people have said he's like mirror defense because it's like I'm just he's just moving with the person, and it's – it's really an interesting watch to to watch him defend. And it's crazy. The the few times you see him get beat, the way he gets back. Yeah, he recovers. He recovers so well. And it's just like, how is he how are you doing it? The thing I this is I just like this so much because I remember and I just played at a stupid division five school with like a hundred kids and stuff <laughs> like that. And our coach, he would always say, You spend all your energy on defense and you rest on offense. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he rests at all Ever. when he's on the court. Yeah, no, he just keeps going. He's relentless, doesn't give up on plays. Um, and that's frustrating. Yes, and I that that's my equation for for those of you that are weekend warriors, played at high school, played wherever you did. There's you've you've come across the person that maybe you're just going out to play for exercise. It's like whoa, easy. Like the person that's just guarding you like it's game seven of the finals, and you're just here to run up and down the floor like four times. And Mitchell is that guy a little bit with all the skill in the world. Uh, usually the people that run into you at 24-hour fitness like, okay, this person really can't even play. You're actually probably more dangerous than anything. Where Mitchell is relentless, um, he studies, he works hard, and the beauty of the sport, he can do all those things right tonight and Lillard can still score. That's what's frustrating um, about how good of a defender or how great offense in this league can still beat great defense but this team hasn't had that and I think De'Aaron Fox Doug has said this Chris you heard it I mean he thinks De'Aaron has almost the most ability defensively 
And if any of what Davion does rubs off on him and Tyrese, who has just this incredible innate, he sees plays before they happen, I just don't understand how they will not be better defensively, especially in the backcourt, which is the most important part of where this league is right now. Also, and it defense is such it's so contagious where if you see your teammate locking somebody up, yep. you're just like, Okay, I need to I need to match them. And yeah. it's the same thing as like your teammates getting beat. It's just like, well, well, screw this. What am I? What am I even doing? Yeah, because you, you hate seeing it. It happens in every game. But okay, there's that straight line drive. Kings fans, you've seen it happen way too many times over the last couple of years. Seems and to happen a lot the last couple of seasons. It's the hands out, the shoulders down, like you know, or just the palms in the air. Like, what are we doing? I was here, and we've seen less of that. We're seeing more of that contagious part. And I know, I know for a fact, this is going to happen many times at home when Mitchell makes a play like that, where it's strictly effort, where you go, how did he stop his defender like that? That place is going to go crazy. It's almost like the very first time people really saw Fox in person. Like, you would just hear, oh, Like, a a collective noise in the home arena because they're like, oh, my gosh, he just ran by four people like that. I think we're going to see a lot of that this year with Mitchell. Because we constantly heard, oh, Fox is quick. Fox is quick. And then you see it. Oh, man. That's okay. different. <laughs> yeah. And Mitchell, good defender, good defender. I get it. Yeah, okay. Good. I mean, Kings need help. And then you see him, you're like, he's different. I, I heard someone equate it. He's more like a cornerback. Like, that's the toughest position in football defensively. The receiver knows where they're going. They got the start. Like, he he's probably would have been an incredible defensive back. He's an incredible defensive player right now. And I think the contagious part that Chris just brought up, uh, the sharpening of the other guards that are going to play a lot, and the fact that every team is basically littered with someone in the backcourt that can go for 30. Mitchell's not going to stop them all, but can Mitchell get five minutes on Lillard? And then it's Fox's five minutes. And then it's Halliburton. And then back to – like the amount of bodies they can put on the great players in this league, they're just so much better equipped for this. Here's the bad thing about having a Kings fan's brain is I'm so excited for this, but also in the back of my head I'm thinking like he's going to have like five fouls and have like – Six minutes. <laughs> um, I, and if I'm Luke Walton, I, I keep playing him. Like, yeah, he's gonna have to learn how to play with yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah. wondered even in the preseason, there was a couple times like, ah, reach in. That was that was aggressive, or maybe the officials haven't caught on to that. But in the end, he he never fouled out. And now, granted, he wasn't playing 35 minutes. I as a bench player, I think you can let the bench player go a little bit. Um, but I I bet coach wants him on on the floor at the end of the game. Oh yeah, yeah, which is crazy. It is. And, again, I take you back to but draft I want him in the game at the end of the game. Yes, yes. And that's where I think, okay, that closing lineup, I know we get into starters. I think it's Barnes. I think it's Fox. I think it's Halliburton. I think it's going to be Mitchell. I don't know who the fifth player is. I don't know. You could try. Justin James. Four guards. Um, maybe that's still Holmes. Tristan Thompson. Hark- I don't know. I don't know where it'll go. Maybe it's a night-to-night basis. But I like the setup. I mean, I'm so excited for the debut of Davion Mitchell. And again, one more uh, opportunity for you guys. Well, plenty of time. Go to cage2k.com. Points for the rookie. Davion Mitchell in his debut. Ten and a half. Over or under? Uh, let us know on that. Before we break, uh, we do have this. It's no I had to do that. Chris said it's over, and it probably still is. But they scored. Here's the bad thing about having your... Um... You know how they do the thing with the laundry basket after every home run? Yeah, that which is, is pretty funny. Which is great when you're like 
up by three, and it was a big time shot. Like, oh yeah, everyone's it's going crazy. Seven nothing. When you're down seven runs and you get one, and then you have to slowly get into the basket, and you have to, hey, all right, guys, yeah. Like oh, there was a team I can't remember when college football like had the turnover chain or or coat or some sort of gimmick with a turnover, and it was something like that. It was like fifty six to twelve, and you're like, yeah, but let's 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 can it. Uh, they did get a home run, seven one though. Uh, Astros to lead that one. That's in the eighth. Dodgers and Braves getting started in about twenty minutes. Uh, Kings basketball coming up at five thirty with game night. Scott Marsh and the high flyer Henry Turner, and then we're on for Kings Live. G man with a call at seven. All right. When we come back, we'll give you some baseball updates, some NBA updates, more on the league as well, and another opportunity for you to win Kings tickets for the opener Friday. Dial up now one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty one eight hundred. 920-1140 for your chance to win our final pair of Kings tickets for the week. We'll do that next here on KHTK. Curtis Blow. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. Just like I'm all right, back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Jason Ross here with you. Kings basketball coming up tonight. The opener, Kings and Blazers from Portland. Again, game night at 530. Uh, Chris Landry to join us here in about 10 minutes. Get us the latest with his uh, his weekly chat with us, LandryFootball.com. So we look forward to that coming up in just a few moments. We have our Kings trivia question, 1-800-920-1140. Get on the horn for that. want to give you a couple of scores in the NBA on this opening night. Always like uh, the beginning of the season you got uh, new faces and new places. Pacers have an early lead on the Hornets, 46-38. Rick Carlisle, I think, will do an excellent job uh, for the Indiana Pacers. The Hornets, Kelly Oubre, now a member there. He's got seven points. Um, let's see, Ball has 13 to lead that one. Uh, Sabonis with 22 points to lead the Pacers. There's a lot of talk about Chicago, about the damage they could do this year. This is an ugly game right now in Detroit. Pistons lead 28-25 halfway through the second quarter. Uh, Vucevic has eight points and nine boards. They got new members there. DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, um, Caruso, lots of new faces for Chicago, for Detroit. They're still kind of making their way through this, and there was so much anticipation for Cade Cunningham, but the top pick is not playing in tonight's game. He is out. A couple other games that have just started, uh, including Boston taking on the Knicks, looking at the Knicks' new backcourt with Fournier and Kemba Walker. But they've just begun. So lots of scores to give you throughout the uh, night, certainly in our Kings coverage when the Kings get ready to take on the Blazers. All right, but let's do it. It is uh, trivia time. Let's uh, get to those that are waiting to check in. We're going to start with Christian. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Uh, What do you think about tonight? Kings Blazers. Excited. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Which player are you most looking forward to this season for the Kings? Honestly, year two of Halliburton. I want to see him just expand his game. I'm excited for Davion as well, but uh, year two of Halliburton, I would say. I'll allow it. Yeah, we'll all allow that. I think think he's a little bit forgotten. He has had such a good rookie year. He's just such a smart player, and he's going to help this team win games, which is awesome. All right, here you go, Christian. You're first up on this trivia question. In the Sacramento era, only two members of the Kings have made an all-defensive team. Only two. Who are they? Um, Doug Christie, 
It's going to have to be one guest, and I'm going to have to go with um, same team. Let's go with Bobby Jackson. And Bobby Jackson. All right. Excellent guess, but incorrect. Sorry about that, Christian. Let's try Matt. Matt, you're next. Hey. Hey, Matt. Uh, which Kings player are you most excited for this year? Uh, probably not Bagley. Uh, <laughs> let's go with Darren Fox. Darren Fox. Okay. Okay. How about our question today? In the Sacramento era, only two Kings have made an all-defensive team. Who are they? Uh, I'll run back the Doug Christie guess. And then, gosh, that's brutal. Uh, don't like my guess here, but let's go Harold Presley. It is incorrect. Thank you, Matt. Oh, you went old school on that one. That's okay. Mason, you're next on the show. Hey, Mason. Hey, how's it going? Good. How about you? Uh, Kings, who are you most looking forward to this season watching play? For sure, Halliburton. Super okay. excited. Nice. See him in year two. Yep, me too. I think he's going to have a great year. Uh, do you know the answer? In the Sacramento era, only two Kings have made an all-defensive team. Who are they? Uh, Doug Christie and Chris Weber. Oh, Chris Weber. Oh, Weber. Nope. Incorrect. Thank you, Mason. Joey, you're up next. What up, Joey? Hey, what's up, Big Ross? How we doing? Good. Long time no here. How are you? Um, how about you? Who are you most looking forward to uh, on the Kings this season? Definitely Halliburton and Fox okay. working together. That court's going to be sweet. It should be really good. Uh, do you know the answer? In the Sacramento era, only two Kings have made an all defensive team. Who are they? Um, let's go with um, the Rock. And uh, Doug Christie. Doug Christie and Mitch Richmond. Oh, Joey, incorrect. We go from Joey to Steven. Steven, who are you most looking forward to this year on the Kings? Tyree Halliburton. Man, everybody's going Halliburton. I like that. Uh, do you know the answer? Who are the only two Kings in the Sacramento era to make an all-defensive team? Doug Christie, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was not a King. Wait, what? Yes. Interesting guess. No, he was here in the 94-95 season, wasn't he? Jason Kidd? Yeah. Not the Jason Kidd. Oh, the kid that was Jason Williams? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, not Jason Kidd or Jason Williams. Jason the Kidd. Yes. Winston, uh, how are you? Good, guys. How are you? Good. Who, which king are you most looking forward to watching this year? I'm excited for Davion. I think it's going to be a good good rookie year for him. I agree. I agree. I, I love what he's bringing to the team already. All right, Winston, who are the only two Kings in the Sacramento era to make an all-defensive team? All right, I'm going to go Doug Christie. I think it's Ron Artest. And I think it's Ron Artest. That is correct. There we go. Winston got it. We all forget about Ron. He made it one time. Doug did it four times. But, Winston, congratulations. Hang on. We'll get your information. You are going to be going to the Kings and the Jazz Friday night. Two tickets. Uh, enjoy the game. Thank you for listening. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Hang on. That's Winston, our winner. Don't say we all forgot about Ron. I really remember Ron. You do. And you did get the question, right? You said, no, it's not that hard. I, I thought it might get answered quicker. I'm glad they all got dug, dug right away. Wait, what about Jason Kidd? Jason the Kid. Uh, no, it is Jason the Kid. Yes. Four times for DC, uh, but one time for Ron Artest. That's it. But maybe, maybe Fox, maybe Mitchell. Be nice. I mean, that's, that's. In thirty-seven other or thirty-six other years, only two players have made an all-defensive team. 
I know the Kings are guilty of not playing a lot of defense last year, but they've been guilty of not playing a lot of defense while they've been in Sacramento. That has to get better. All right, final half hour coming up before we get you to Kings basketball and game night. Uh, when we come back, Chris Landry, his weekly visit, LandryFootball.com. He joins us when we return right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.